Welcome to our brand new official club podcast, All About Ours. I'm Simon Cheshire from the QPR Media team. And as always, I'm joined by former Rangers winger, England international and club ambassador, Andy Sinton. Since, how are we? I'm really, really good. How are you? Perfect, thank you. Excited to get going. And then our new podcast will be covering all things QPR and football related. And hopefully we'll have a few laughs along the way. We'll be providing you with monthly episodes with a host of former R's, giving us an insight into life in W12 and hopefully share a few QPR stories along the way. All About R's will be available on our website, YouTube, Recast, SoundCloud and Spotify channels, so you have plenty of options to tune in and get your QPR fix wherever you are. Now, to kick things off, having made 195 appearances, scoring 13 goals in all competitions for the R's during three separate spells, we're delighted to be joined by former winger Lee Cook. Good to be here. Good to be here, Simon. Andy, as always. How are you? I'm good, mate. How's your golf? Golf's good. Yeah. As always. Golf's good. Um, Birthday yesterday, I'm 39, so I feel really old. (laughs) But my golf's getting better with age, so I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Right, let's get straight to it. First of all, last season, from the outside, Lee, what what was it like? What What was your sort of take on it? Um, it was. I mean, I didn't get down here as much as I would have liked last season. But you know, obviously, I always keep an eye out and see what's going on. And it was a pretty strange season in the fact that you know, I think it was one game in particular we played Wickham away. I think we drew. I think we we went down to fourth bottom. Yeah. And it was the first sort of time that well, my friends that I speak to were like questioning Mark Wilburn and. Um, got to admit I was probably agreeing with them to an extent where the results weren't happening although we was playing alright in certain games we weren't getting results remember Bristol City was a typical example where we outplayed and we lost um, so it was you know I think the January window um, bringing in Charlie in particular um, didn't save him it just helped the changing room um, and what we all thought of the performances bringing the results the results did come um, so yeah I mean you know we finished the season very strong and you've got to say going into this season finishing from last season with the signings we made this summer there's a sort of a vibe around here now um, that we've got a good chance of getting in the playoffs this year Have you ever sort of been in that situation where an experienced player has come in and changed the season? Um, yeah I wouldn't say coming in from a, another club to change a season I think when when you're in a, a rut managers tend to either throw in young kids to see if they can do something or they go back to the more experienced ones it happened with Mark Bertram before when he sort of got left out pre-season and they were trying to route him um, and we, we had a terrible start to the season and they ended up bringing him back into the team um, so yeah I mean then you know the steady heads and the reliable heads always help you in them situations but you know it's such a small margin in this game and if you can just get a, a, a forward in that puts the point back in that makes all the difference that was just coming there as well uh, Lee's uh, mentioned Charlie coming in I remember saying at the time Charlie would give you goals because that's what he does better than most or any at this level but I actually felt he would come in and lift the dressing room and pull people along with him and I think that's what we that's what we saw because the second half of the season if you look at the points per game I think we got 47 points from 24 games um, you know from 
from New Year onwards. Charlie had a big part of that. Credit to the club, credit to the board, uh, you know, for going and getting someone like Stephanie Hansen, who I thought was really instrumental and showed real quality and class uh, the way he played. And the others who came in, Sam Field, Geordie Device, and the guys who got there would just seem to get lifted. And the second half of the season was, um, I think that's why everyone's so optimistic and everyone's in the end, enthused. We were a bit disappointed we missed out on the playoffs in the end, weren't you? I always thought that was probably too far away, but you know, it's much better as a Rangers fan, an ex-player connected to the club, whatever we are, when you're going into the end of March and you've still got a chance, rather than going at the end of March and, you know, you're just playing to see the season out. I don't think you're ever just playing to see the season out, but I agree with what Lee's saying. There's nothing really at stake. We had something at stake this year, but credit to, credit to Mark, credit to his staff, credit to the players, credit to the board credit everyone at the club for the second half of the season and um, if we can continue that um, yeah bright future and then after that we sort of drew a line after the season didn't we after the looting game and then it was the Euros you sort of straight into it obviously we had Lyndon and Nico out there but what did you make of the Euros as a whole oh well I put a stone and a half on so I, <laughs> I hated it because every night of the week I cracked open a couple of Moretti's because <laughs> I was just loving the tournament it was like you know I said to, to Natalie before I said by the way you know the next probably eight nine days the first bit is going to be two o'clock five o'clock seven o'clock so the main room is mine um, I'll be watching all still. the games and I, I absolutely loved it I think it's one of my favourite ones actually although there weren't many fans in some stadiums I think just not having fans for all the time and then switching on a, a Denmark game and it was packed mm. and it was a bit weird and I was like this is amazing like it was a full stadium yeah. um, and then all the things that was happening throughout the tournament um, it was just you know Switzerland beating France and you know it was just I, I thought it was a fantastic tournament what did you make um, of it being in different countries do you think that benefited certain teams uh, yeah I think it yeah. did and I thought it was a bit strange but it, it, it's the world we're sort of living in today and I suppose and yeah, we did. England did have an advantage, but it's probably why we did get to the final in the end. But we just couldn't quite get over quite the get line, over could we? Again, um, I, thought was, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was a great tournament. Really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, lightly, but without the Moretti's. Uh, you know. <laughs> What's it like since playing in a major tournament like that? So you did with England. I played '92. It was a completely different sound. It was a, it was a tournament for eight teams. Uh, two two groups of four. Um, you know. Top two qualified. It was a tournament that started, and within two weeks it was over. So completely different. If you go back to this one, loved it. Didn't get too excited in the group stages. You know, um, yeah. If you look at England, did enough to get through the group. A little bit inconvincing, but through. Then it really kicks off. You know, because we got Germany. All that goes with the German game. I thought we played ever so well. Forty odd days and then Wembley. I remember watching it with my lad. We're one nil up, and Thomas Muller goes through. Yeah. to make a 1-1 and if you want any player in the world on a 1-1 you're going to say you're back Thomas Mullet he misses and I remember then turning to my lad watching and go you know what we might win this uh, because of little moments it's like that so you go from Germany I thought we cruised through the Ukraine game never underestimating in the national game but that was comfortable as it can be um, then you got Denmark at home you know I remember getting asked someone said you know because Italy were already in the final someone said do you think we'll beat Italy in the final I went got to be Denmark here yeah, because Denmark won yeah. it yeah, a hell of a run they swept along with the emotion with Christian Eriksen etc etc uh, and they give us a really hard game but um, yeah, we we got over the line and you dream and you know you're, you're in a you're in a final um, I don't know what Lee thought about the final but you know I'm watching it I've 
dream start, Luke Shaw scores. But after about 20 minutes, I'm sitting watching, I'm thinking, you know, Italy are just coming into the game, they're getting stronger, they're dominating the ball, they're dominating the territory, they're dominating everything about the game. No surprise when it went 1-1. Then you, you're thinking, who's going to get the winner? Or is it going to go all the way? It goes all the way and we... We have heartache. We've done the same, didn't we, against Croatia? Croatia. Yeah. We took the lead early and yeah. just sat back. And, you know, all through the tournament, it was sort of negative tactics, but we got to the final. And in that sense, it's sort of like, you know, he's done well. But when you look at, you know, even when you look at Italy, I think even if Spain had beat Italy in the semis, I think it would have been very difficult to beat any of them teams Belgium, Italy, Spain. The way they play, um, the, the attacking way they play with the players they got. You know, it was always going to be a feat for us to win it. So, you know, finishing second. You know, so when it sort of gets to penalties as well in the end. Yeah, I mean, again, the penalties. Horrible. Everyone's looking at them and have they picked the right? Has he picked the right players? Why did he bring them on without touching the ball? Why put a 19-year-old on the fifth penalty? I just think he thought everything he's done through this whole tournament's worked, and he rolled the dice one more time and come unstuck at the last last roll, but. You know, them them lads to learn from that experience. I mean, t- to have that experience of a penalty sh- final shootout at the age of nineteen. Imagine them when they're in their mid twenties. What you know? But I think the the future is really bright for us, and we just need to I think be a bit more attacking with the talent we got. That's all I would say about it. That's the only negative I can think of with the whole tournament is that we were just a bit too defensive minded and not not I don't know what's the word. Just didn't take enough gambles. Um, you forward. see that team lead you see the England team you know a lot of young say kids um, that team or that squad can only probably get better as it grows together and you know the yeah. introduction of what Gareth has shown he's not scared to chuck some uh, youngsters in no matter who you play for no matter how many caps you got no matter yeah. if someone who's got a so called bigger name and playing for a bigger club he, he, he will play people and I just think um, I just think as a as an England supporter I think there's a lot of optimistic like Lisa's because I think that team squad can get better. I'll caveat though, I think France will probably get better. Belgium might get yeah. better, Germany yeah. might get better, Spain will honor a resurgence, you know, Holland will come again, so maybe that was our best chance. I hope I'm wrong though. These are the things because you sort of every nation, like I said, Italy, Spain, but you look at their teams, the way they play is always gonna be the way we play because our, our strength really is to, our attacking players yeah really I mean we've I know we've kept so many clean sheets yeah. but in terms of going forward you look at the talent we've got and even after the Euros you know Grealish has gone to City for 100 isn't he I think that's finalising the day you've had Sancho coming for 18 and you've got Foden what's he worth yeah. you know and you just you, then you've not even mentioned Sterling you've not even mentioned Rashford and it's sort of you know with all that sort of talent I think they need to let them off the reins a little bit yeah. more and then maybe we can I mean Spain they didn't really care did they I mean what was the, the game in the, the quarters 3-3 three, three, went into extra time 5-3 yeah, yeah. five, five, yeah. but you know imagine being a supporter of that nation that exciting that would be <laughs> we're, sitting, we're sitting there I mean the Germany game was the best one for me that was the best like how it felt that's the same as Andy after that game I thought hold on we've got a chance, we've got a chance here because but the draw opened up as well it, didn't it? some of the, the big draw, boys went yeah, we were like oh hold on this, this could be yeah. it but yeah, the future's definitely looking better for us, that's for sure. And from a sort of QPR perspective, we saw obviously Carl Walker and you mentioned Raheem Sterling. Are they lads that you knew from your time here in W12? Yeah, well, Raheem came through the ranks here, didn't he? Everyone knows. I mean, I was, I think I was 20, 
would have been 24 I was just about to leave when he come in training with the first team and yeah I mean I remember Peter Ramage he chopped him in and out and Rambo was like oh my god this kid you know he was tiny but he didn't care he, Rambo gave him a couple of digs as well and he, he just didn't he didn't care and just give me the ball give me the ball and we all knew from then I mean he went to Liverpool and we all kept an eye on him thinking how, how well he's going to do there I mean, in the youth team there, he was smashing hat tricks in every week, and you could just see he was going to break through. Um, and obviously, Cole come here on loan had a good little lunch thing here. So yeah, I'm pleased to see them them boys doing well. Sterling had a great tournament, didn't he? Um, but I think he could have had an even better one if uh, if we'd have played a bit more free flowing attacking football. But still, yeah, he's he's going to be a big player for England in the next uh, World Cup. And he's Sterling, he's probably going to yeah. be our main man. He's labelled obviously since the boy from Brent, and that's an area that you are are trying to inspire our local generation, aren't they? Well, we're active in that. Uh, you know, the, our community trust, uh, Lee Evans and his team do brilliant work in yeah. across all the, the the boroughs and the area. Brent uh, is one, but you know, it's it's interesting what Lee says about go back to Raheem. You know, the the world star he is now, um, the tournament that he had. To think he started here and Lee played with them and trained with them. Um, so as a club, you're, you're always delighted when young kids go on and make a career for themselves and do so well. You're, you're egging them on, always keep an eye on them. And uh, as I say, he's done phenomenally well. He's playing for a side, you know, if, uh, won the league three times in the last four years. He's, what's his record for England? He's got 16 goals in his last 21 games or something for England, you know, it's phenomenal. And how can I say this? There's still an element of people that give him a little bit of sticking criticism you know, I just yeah. don't get it. he's no, done I mean, absolutely brilliant yeah. and you know things he does away from the game you know we should be lauding someone like Raheem Sterling um, that bright bright kid great player and still at an age where he can get better and better and only a few months or a few weeks after the Euros finished pre-season and we're back into another season we go again sort of attitude What what's pre-season like now compared to what it was like back when you were Sorry for the others, Andy. It's probably a lot more scientific now, and certainly diets and um, refueling techniques. Is <laughs> probably Lee will come into that in a minute, I think. But um, you know, completely different. Years ago, when I was coming through in QPR, you know, a lot of the stuff was done you know, long distance runs. I remember going Richmond Park up hills, etc., uh, etc. Et a lot of it's done with a ball now. It's all monitored. It's all on the heart rates. It's all on the GPSs. You know, how far they cover individual program so it's completely different um, I actually used to love pre-season because I used to see it day one I used to come back fit so I used to train on my own I used to come back and go so right I'm going to be ahead of the rest and whether it was or not that was me aim um, and I always had a day one I used to see the start of the season that's what I'm aiming towards I used to hate going away I used to hate being away for seven days in universities and overseas uh, so much time you had to kill in your room etc etc so that was the downside of me but uh, yeah, pre-season is completely different now and uh, this one's been a bit short there hasn't been as many games as I thought we had three games and a three games. one, one pint closed yeah. doors etc etc so um, but looking at the boys the way they perform pre-season they look ready but uh, so yeah so it's completely different I, I don't know what Lee's yeah, thoughts bring, bring you in pre-season there. 2005 was a but you're synonymous with QPR fans, wasn't it? That pre-season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Andy sort of hit the nail on the head. I, I never, didn't used to like going away either for the, the long weeks because you do. You, there's a lot of time you got to kill. You just, I mean, we didn't have phones then that you could go on. It was literally 
if you were lucky enough to have a, a laptop, you can maybe watch a DVD or something. Yeah. But it was literally sitting in your room with a TV remote and a telly chatting to your roommate. But that all changed when we went to Ibiza. <laughs> we were down the beach, sunning ourselves, um, getting ready for the next night out. <laughs> but no, it was a wicked trip. And it actually, we, we, we'd done all right that season. We started off okay. And um, it was a bit of a team building sort of trip yeah, yeah is that what you call it and it? it really actually worked because we've become really close on that trip it was you know we had an older group and a younger group which there'd always been a little bit of friction on and everyone's all come together on that trip so it was um yeah it served some little purpose i suppose but you know in terms of dieting and, and, and stuff i think that started coming in as i was just starting it was about 1999 and I remember I, I signed for Watford and when I was in the youth team there you had to write your diet dietary down of what you'd eaten through the day and I moved in with my granddad actually just around the corner from here because my mum and dad couldn't get me to training I didn't drive I was only 17 and I've grown up on it I, I was having a fry up every morning so my granddad would get up and cook me breakfast and it would be you know two rashes of bacon sausage eggs bacon tomatoes all that sort of stuff and I had to write it down on, on the sheet and they couldn't believe what I was eating and they actually gave me a strict diet regime that I sort of had to stick to. Um, and at the time, you, just, you don't, you know, you don't feel that because you're training every day, you didn't think you can eat what you like, really. But yeah. you actually can't. It is that sort of like ruling younger kids out of football, then probably the less privileged sort of children, or is that giving? Um, yeah, way? I mean, no, I mean when you get into the pro game, you know, because you're talking when you when you play professionally it's a completely different level to playing at any youth team level under 15s it's yeah. when I made my debut I couldn't breathe for the first 10 minutes I can't you, is it in it and you can't explain yeah. the tempo and the pace of it's, it's the first funny, team you, fixed you, you mentioned a, a sort of a year then 1999 I think yeah um, I was at Spurs the year, year before I was still there in 99 but the year before Christian Gross came in foreign coach new to the English game pre-season we went to Switzerland we were doing three training sessions a day like the English guys were What's going on? Yeah, half six, we're up for a run around the, the the five k run around the lake. Compulsory breakfast, which wasn't what Lee was talking about. It was you know, it was your your fruit yeah. and your cereal and your healthy stuff. Uh, have an hour in your room, training as normal at eleven o'clock. You do your two two hours, two and a half hours. Back for lunch, which was salad and protein and stuff like that. Hour in your bedroom and back out at half four to train again. You know, three three training sessions. You were shattered come the night time. At night time, there would be an, an analysis session, although a DVD of whoever we're going to play or your last game, etc. And I think that's where it's changed because I remember my preseason being away. You know, you'd get up, you'd have whatever you want. Didn't even have to have breakfast if you didn't want. You'd go and train back for lunch. You go to bed in the afternoon because, as Lee says, there was nothing else to do. Night time, what are we doing, lads? Shall we go for a walk? Shall we pop in the load of cash? Shall we go to the other? A half a lager, etc., etc., and uh, so it's all more thought through now. And uh, what the games, the games change hugely, and that you just got to see the support stuff around groups of players, haven't it? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So players have got everything they need now to give them the best possible chance to perform at the best level they can. And is that's sort of what preseason is all about, isn't it? Sort well, preseason, you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's about first of all you get yourself fit, you get yourself, you come back on end of June you're getting ready for the start of August thing. I said to you that was always in my mind what's the first game who we got that gives me something to aim towards 
where am I in terms of my fitness? Where am I in terms of my performance? Have I got to do a little bit extra on my own? Then you look at the the, well, the managers and the coaches, they look at the, the squad and you know, does Lee Coop need extra minutes? Does he need less minutes? Does he need to be monitored? Does he need pushing a little bit? And that's where we're, so it's all geared up to uh, the start, but it's about getting yourself fit, getting yourself in the best uh, condition as a group. How important are the sort of the games? So obviously Rangers that we played Man United, one four two. I think they're really important, Sam. You know, I'm not one of these people, and I'm here to get shot down by anyone. You know, I hear coaches and managers saying, oh, it's only pre-season, the results don't matter." I don't, I don't agree with that. I, th- I think you know, you're gearing up towards, and the closer you get. So we're playing Man United a couple of weeks ago, and we played Leicester last Saturday. You know, those players have got seven days to show Mark Wilburn they're the right man to play against Millwall. And Lee might play really well individually, but if he's not part of a winning team, the manager might go, okay, I might play a different way. And Lee, you might have to, so he might play well, but the team doesn't uh, knit together cohesiveness, so he might miss out. So, you know, individually and collectively, I think, I think pre-season games are huge. I get it, you're not playing for three points, you're not playing to get in the top six, you're not playing to stay above the relegation, but you're playing to get yourself going. And don't underestimate the performances against United, Leicester, what it does for the fans either because the fans will come and fans aren't silly they'll say well it's Man United Man United haven't got their big hitters but I'll tell you what they go away infused by what they've seen from a Rangers side ready for what's going to happen starting on Saturday Lee you were here as a fan against the Man United game and that what was it sort of yeah. from your point of view what was it like no, I thought it was a great performance especially first half second half you know tough to judge all the kids were coming in for them etc but the first half against a good side you know we Played really well, um, and Ilya's chair first half. I mean, not many people sit Basaka on the floor. He done it twice, and it was like, wow, he's. I mean, he's been on fire pre-season. Yeah. Um, you know, he seems to be drifting out in one positions, which I spoke about last year actually. And he's he's such a danger when he gets in them positions, and um, he's looking really sharp. But as a team, like they they're all looking quite, they're relatively fit. Um, but yeah, I mean, first game of the season is always tough. Yes, Millwall, there's always a little bit of nerves on the first game. You never know what you're um, going to get. Do you just like, never know what. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah. not a bad game, is it, to kick things off, though? But, is it, but the, the pressure now of having a good pre-season, especially on, on the team and the manager, is that you know when I left here after the game, it was everyone was going mad. Get your money on us. <laughs> We're going to win the league. <laughs> We're going to win the league. And, you know, and I think there's a lot of expectation because we've beat Man United in a pre-season friendly that you know we're going to be, be successful this year but league games are completely different we need to be consistent throughout the whole season yeah. to have a chance of getting the playoffs because this year is going to be tough there's some good sides the ones coming down yeah. you know you've got to say they're probably favourites to bounce straight in the cup West Brom and Fulham aren't they? I mean what two squads they've got yeah. Yeah. and then there's what you could probably name 12 teams that could get into that playoffs so it's going to be really tough but I'm, I'm pretty confident this year in, in, in being able to do it from what I've seen in, in pre-season and more importantly the end of yeah. of last season obviously Millwall got Matt Smith up front we want to sort of know what sort of attributes qualities he's got but what's it like it's the first time he comes back with a crowd here at Kyberins what's that like yeah. sort of returning to your former club well I think he'd be fine um, Smith I mean he's he didn't leave on bad terms not quite the reception like you used no, to get against Watford. No, I think he'd be all right. Or the one I got when I first <laughs> yeah. come back here with uh, yeah, Andy's not happy about that. <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, I got absolutely uh, <laughs> slaughtered by all the QPR fans. But uh, I have to say, it was only the 
the first time. After that, it was great. But um, you know, Matt Smith, I think, served the club. I think I know he served the club well. You know, scored goals, scored important goals. Um, divides opinion sometimes, Matt. You know, but uh, I tell you what, if you, you put if um, Millwall put balls in the box, we're going to have to be at our best to defend if he plays or if he comes off the bench. So uh, yeah, looking forward to. To see you, Matt. Hope he has a hope he has a lovely day, but hope he goes home really disappointed <laughs> on uh, Saturday night. And then obviously crowds are back. It's the first time since February 2020 we've got a full or ex- expected crowd here at Iron yeah, yeah. What's it like here coming out full across that white line and you hear the whole stand? Yeah, Man, U, Man U was, was loud. Well, that was loud. Yeah, I mean they brought a few, didn't they? And there was, you know, I thought, what was the attendance that day? Did we know what? Ten, I mean, yeah, and even then it was just, it's been, it's been so strange, isn't it, not having the fans and that. It's been really, really weird. And but we, yeah, I mean, maybe rocking here on the weekend, London Derby, Cop, yeah. what a first game to have. Millwall at home, we couldn't probably ask for anything better in terms of atmosphere, because they'll feel their end out, no doubt. Yeah. What's it like playing Millwall? You played against oh, them a few times for that, us. That, them games against them, oh, they're, they're probably the, the best. Them and West Ham, I remember being the best atmospheres <coughs> down here. Um, I remember one year, but the guy threw the ball in my face. Siri got sent off. I don't know if you remember that. He had, he played for me. We had the dreadlocks. He had the longest throw in the league, and that, my job was to stand on his toes. And he launched it straight in my face. Yeah, he got a straight red. And then Birch used to get stick from him because of his air on his arm, the line, and all that. And it was just mental atmospheres. But we always seemed to do right against them. There was a lot of draws, but um, I think we beat them Saturday. Oh, for sure. Yeah, set sure. you on the right way, won't it? A win. Yeah, well, that's you know you start a new season. If you say, "What do you want from Saturday?" A win. You know, I yeah. think it's great if you can win your first game of the season. Uh, it's a bonus if you play really well and you entertain. I think if you can just get three points at the board, it just sets you up. You don't want to lose your first game, I believe. Um, so yeah, Millwall tough test. Gary Rowett since he's been there two years, done a great job. What they finished eleventh and eighth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They've made some good signings, you know, Benigafobe, George Savile, people like that, the kid from Arsenal who's gone in um, on loan. Yeah. They've made some good signings, so they'll come in confident. They'll come in for the first time just like us. They'll have 3,000 almost behind the goal. Uh, it promises to be. I, th- I thought the United game was a, a special sort of day just to see 10 or 11,000, you know, and it's a little bit. I find myself getting a little bit emotional sometimes, you know, just because what everyone's been through. So Saturday promises to be promises to be brilliant. Can't wait, but I hope come five o'clock, you know, we're not um, not going home, not walking up South Africa around down the dumps with having lost the game. But uh, but yeah, like Cookie, I'm really confident on what I've seen. And I think we'll win the game. Of course, obviously the return of supporters isn't all about celebrating, is it? We've obviously got to reflect yeah. on those who won't be joining us, which is obviously a sad moment. There's something you sort of wanted to say since, wasn't there, from the club? Well, you know. As a, as a country, we've come through 17 months, 18 months, unprecedented times, you know, football played in front of empty stadiums, uh, the game without the fans is not the same for me, but if you step back from football, it's a bigger picture here, you know, you think of the, the families who've lost loved ones, you think of families who were separated, you think of families who couldn't see each other you know all the things we just used to take for granted by 18 months and I think you'll see something on Saturday where everything comes together and I think everyone on the stadium will go through a mixture of emotions there'll be people in the stadium there'll be an empty seat a couple of rows away where someone's sadly not with us there'll be someone who through illness still can't come to the game there'll be some people who 
for whatever reason don't want to come to the game there'll be some people who'll be there here at 11 o'clock because they've missed it so much and they can't wait to get here so I think every emotion is going to be encountered on Saturday um, for those families who've lost people through this horrendously horrible time I'll speak for Cookie and anyone connected to the club as well you know our, our thoughts are with every single one of them it's been a horrible time um, but let's hope you know, we seem like we're on our way out. Let's hope we can continue. Let's let's hope we don't have any backward steps in terms of restrictions being in place. And let's hope we can we can grow together. QPR, you know, fans are massively important, vitally important. Let's hope we have a great season and share it together and see how successful we are. Come, mate. Cookie, will you be here on Saturday? Fortunately, not. No, but um, yeah, I know a lot of people that are coming and they're double excited for it and. Um, you know, I looked at the fixture actually the, the first few games are actually we've not got a bad start in terms of the, the, the fixtures Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough it's pretty early yeah, on as well I think Barnsley's our next home game um, I think Coventry's in there innit? Yep. so the, you know there's, there's not a tough there's not an easy game in this, this league that's that's one thing but in terms of if you have pick fixtures we've actually ain't got that bad a start and if we can get a good start with springboards or something then that's what we need so yeah they're, they're all looking forward to it um Shame I can't be here to see it, but yeah, hope you hope we get a win and hope you all enjoy it and just suck it all in because we've we've not had it for a while and it, it's going to be like Andy said, really exciting. Um, and hopefully it's a full house. Yeah, perfect. Well, thanks both of you for joining us. Pleasure. And um, hopefully we have something to cheer about on Saturday and we have a fantastic season ahead. This has been all about ours, the new club official podcast.